Welcome to the Learning Forte podcast, where we hold conversations with hybrid leaders who are navigating change, experimenting with new ways to form community, and pursuing the common good. Our guests for these episodes are so brilliant and the content so life-giving, we wanted to make portions of them available to all of you. This podcast began as a part of our Strategic Imagination Sandbox, an online learning cohort experience for hybrid leaders. You can learn more about that at www.learningforte.com. While we have plans for more guests on future episodes beyond the scope of the sandbox, for now, we're sharing 15 minute or so portions of longer three-part conversations that have shaped this program. We hope you enjoy and share and find that this content supports your values-aligned leadership in hybrid spaces. So in this first episode, I will be joined not only by two guests who we will introduce later, but we also have the CEO of Learning Forte, Stacey Williams-Duncan. Stacey, it's good to be with you. Can you can you share a bit of who you are and your dream for this conversation? So our dream for the podcast is that this extends our conversation partners beyond just the people that are in the strategic imagination cohort to be also in conversation with lots of thought leaders who have influenced how we at Learning Forte have come to understand an expansive perspective on hybrid ministry and reconcile our relationship to change while being grounded in our own personal values. Thanks, Stacey. I know this this first episode is going to be all about what you just said, uh, talking about our values and how we can ground ourselves in our core values. Uh, we've even framed it in saying our values are our our leaders' superpower. That the two individuals we have on this call, uh, on this first episode, are those who are deeply grounded in their values as they've leaned into their leadership and the hybridity of of their work. So, can you uh, briefly introduce our two our two guests? These are two people in which I've learned a lot from, and that's part of why they're in this conversation. From John, I've learned about how being grounded in your values allows one to to continue to develop and transform and be relevant over a career that has spanned um, decades and crossed so many denominational boundaries. And from Ryan, I've really had an amazing conversation partner, um, and his book has helped me think about how are we honest about both the benefits and the limitations that we face when we engage hybrid ministry. So that said, John Roberto and Ryan Panzer, would would each of you take a, a, a moment just to introduce who you are and where you're coming from? So John, I'll start with you. Sure. Uh, John Roberto, I'm in Connecticut. Um, the organization I work for is one I started called Lifelong Faith Associates, basically working with leaders and congregations, developing faith formation for all ages and generations. It's, it's been the work that's kind of guided me over mm, five decades. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm Brian Panzer from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, just to say a little bit about hybridity, it, you know, I do I do a few different things. So uh, in the world of, of, of church, I speak and write on the topic of digital and hybrid ministry. 
Uh, I do some work in uh, my congregation where I'm on staff locally, do, doing some preaching and digital content for the for the church. And uh, I also do some instructional design work for the technology industry where I've worked for uh, 12 years now. Thanks. And it, it is a privilege to have not only you two, but then Stacy on this call. And so as we begin, uh, the first question we wanted to throw your way is, is related to this, is how often in leadership within mission-driven organizations, we skip over intentional reflections on values. Why do you believe it is important, though, for leaders instead to begin here in their work in the navigation through change? I mean, maybe said a little bit differently, <laughs> why do values matter? I'd be happy to start. You know, I, I think that the, the whole reason that values matter is we live in this world where it's so easy to get caught on the hamster wheel, where uh, we get caught in these cycles of of, of uh, constant go and constant acceleration. And in some ways, our values are a break on, on uh, that sense of acceleration. Like we're running around with uh, a million things to do and no end in sight to our to-do list. So if we don't have that that rootedness in, in some sense of values, it's really easy to get detached from uh, the mission, the mission that we're that we're called to. Uh, now, fortunately, I do think uh, organizations are getting more adept at values conversations. Uh, groups have been a part of both in the for profit sector and also in the world of church when when they're in the the, the phase where they're uh, convening the group um, seem to be more prone to have conversations about core values, both individually and as a team. So. Uh, I am at least starting to sense a trend uh, that that's uh, you know directionally positive when it comes to having values conversations. Yeah, I, I do think uh, that the conversations around values are more, I'm say, comfortable and more widespread than they than they used to be. Um, the, the, the one of the insights I, I brought when I thought we reflect on some of the questions was that uh, Jim Collins in his book Built to Last decades ago, it, it's and it still speaks today, which is a marvelous testimony. Um, always link core values and core mission. Um, and for me, uh, you know, having started a nonprofit and then working on my own and working within nonprofits in the church world, um, I think mission and values are just so interconnected um, that one drives the other and one drives and, and, and one inspires the other. So when I think about values, I think about mission and when I think about mission, I think about values. Um, and, and I watch some organizations have like eight or 10 values that guide them. And I think, no, nah, that's too many, you know, two or three values that guide you that are inspired by your mission and drive your mission. Now that, that works for me. Um, so, but, so I think the, the values conversation is really important, but it also has to be at the same time we talk about what's the mission that drives us. Um, the, the one sentence mission, not the three page mission, but the one sentence mission that really drives the organization that people are passionate about. Um, and I think there's, there's more, um, there's more comfort in talking about how we're passionate about our mission and values and that, that inspire us and drive us. And you could just, you could just tell when I walk into a church or an organization, when it's mission driven and the values drive there, you could just tell it's in the air. It's kind of a conversation you have. I'll work with schools and I'll see the same thing with Catholic schools. Like you, you just see it because it's palpable. And when it's not there, then things kind of get off the rails really quickly. Um, and you could tell that they're not being effective in carrying out their work. So um, I, I think the two are intertwined. And I think the values conversation is really, really important today. I think for me, it's a lot about energy and also how do you edit? There's more to be done and there's more good work to be done than 
any organization or any leader can do. I mean, my team knows that I often will say, this is good work. This might even be God's work, but is it our work? And I think that a clarity of values and mission allows you to know when to edit. But it also, when things get really hard, it is, for me, clarity about those values and recognizing exactly what John said. It's a hierarchy of values. We value lots of things, but those foundational values, those things that are at the top that we use to filter our lives, um, are those overarching ones that seem to encompass all the other things we value. But when things get really hard, that's where that energy source, that's where you can dig down deep Um and when you're not clear about those values and lots of organizations I've been part of and lots of people I've been really close to because we haven't articulated them, we've assumed them, we weren't clear about them. But when you're not clear about them, it's easy to run out of energy. Well, one of the things I'm wondering if we can return a little bit to, Ryan, you, you used a phrase that I love, directionally positive, mm. uh, which is such a profound line. I'm wondering if you could expand on that a bit organizations I work with are starting to have more conversations about values initially. Uh, now, the reason why it's directionally positive is they're not always carrying through and continuing those conversations. So an example, I, I came into a team recently where uh, we got together at a big retreat and we all talked about, you know, uh, what, what are the three values that guide you? Let's aggregate those, re reflect on them and think about how they, uh, you know, then uh, manifest themselves at a, at, a, at a team level. And it was this really rich and engaging conversation. And then, you know, three months go by and everyone's forgotten all about it and the momentum's been, been lost. Now, it's still positive in the sense that you started with that conversation, uh, but it's not, uh, there's not enough momentum to carry through because you, you've suddenly lost track of, of what was discussed initially. And I think that's maybe a good test for values-driven organizations right now is uh, three months after you have the initial retreat, the initial conversation, when you bring the team together for the first time, do people still remember what the values you discern together are? And if, and if they do, uh, you're moving in the right direction. So which leads to the last question for this, this uh, portion of our, our conversation. In light of all that we've just talked about, why do you believe that values are our superpower for sustainable leadership? Values are the energy like we've talked about, but they're the energy that can help you do hard work. They are the way that we can understand ourselves as created in the image of God and unique and diverse. Um, and they are also a filter and we have to narrow down all the things we're trying to do. And so that is my perspective on the superpowers. It has multiple it, values work is one type of work that has multiple benefits in a leader's life. I'll share a very specific example. I, I think one of the, for me, one of the core values and virtues, it's kind of a twofer, um, is humility. Um, and, and And I don't, think I was too young to get into ministry to take humility. Humility comes, you know, with some, some time, but the ability to be humble about the work you do so that you are not at the center, but God is, and people are. And humility for me has been one of the most important values that has sustained me. Because every time I feel like it's all up to me, and if it doesn't happen, it, you know, the world's going to end. It's not about me. It, and, and, and like 
so don't read your press clippings and you know don't believe the you know the the adulation you might get because you did a great workshop or program or wrote a book um the, humility really is one of those sustaining values in my life that um I have a real contribution to make and uh I can make that but I'm not the only one making that and I'm not making that on my own um, you know, it, it's the God behind all of that and inspired in, in the midst of all that, 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 ins- that makes it happen. And I reflected on this this past week. So this humility is in the air. Um, as I was reflecting on a couple of the gospel readings over the last week of Christmas time. Um, and, and one of the reflections that, that I read was, you know, you're thinking about Joseph, right? Joseph, Joseph is somebody who's in the gospels, but never speaks, there's no, not, he says nothing, but he listens and he acts. And I thought, isn't that the perfect definition of humility? Listens and acts. And that, like, I, I, that's, my, that's my, you know, word for the year or phrase, listen and act, um, because it puts you in that, in that position where your humility drives you. And it becomes an invitation for other people to discover their gifts, to speak and offer the voice. Um, that's, that's a value that just energizes and sustains for a long, long time in my life. What is one tool that you have used or one medium or whatever it may be that has helped you discern your own personal or organizational values? Well, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram and, uh, I have never taken a formal course or a facilitated Enneagram experience, but I've, I've done an assessment that I found for free on Google, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it, and it has helped me immensely. I asked some of my closest trusted friends, um, some who are ministry colleagues and some who were outside of that, um, that I asked them, if you, if you were asked what were Stacey's three top values, what would you say? You know, I reflect a lot informally, I guess the best way to say it, on, on, on when you're working with people of listening to what they see in you, um, by the questions they ask or the reflections or, um, you know, the comments they make into and say, oh, okay, this seems to be resonating with people. And, and I've watched my prayer life change over the decades. <laughs> um, thank God. Um, and prayer is a time in which I, I, I just do a lot of the reflection on like, who am I at this point in my life? And what is it that, that I'm trying to do with my life in terms of living as a follower of Christ? And how does, and how does that, how do those values animate everything? And, and will people see that in me? And then I listen for it. Um, and so I, there's, there's lots of formal evaluation tools and the rest, but I, I just, I've just tried to learn to listen better to, to, and watch people and see what their what their what their feedback is on on how they see me leading and acting, um, and and how they pick me up when I don't do a good job, you know. So you learn a lot from from that side as well. Um, but it it it's been an interesting process. But it's really more reflection and prayer t- at this point in my life than it really ever was in other times of my life. That's really really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. Whether it's a more formal or more organic approach to discerning your values, doing it in some way is important. For those of you that are interested in something that's more uh, like tangible, uh, we can drop a link into our platforms. Uh, many of you are probably familiar with Brene Brown. Brene Brown has a great thing called Living Into Your Values. It's an exercise you can work through 
to explore what your values are and as has been shared on this call, it helps you pare down to two or three that allows you to really focus in on who you are and then how that even can align with your organizational work. So um, as we wrap up this uh, episode, this part of the episode, John, Ryan, Stacy, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Forte podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it in your social spaces. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Imagination Sandbox or enrolling in an upcoming cohort, be sure to visit our website at www.learningforte.com.